Well, let's pray. God, I praise you and thank you that you are a God of love. And I pray that we would experience that here at this place this morning and that people who are watching online would experience that in their homes, Lord, that your love would transcend the news that people are finally having an opportunity in this moment to turn off and to connect with you. And so I pray, Lord, would you send your spirit to connect with us that we might not miss you this morning. And so come and bring your peace. Come and bring your comfort. Come and bring your power. Lord, we ask it in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen. At the beginning of the year, we had launched uh, 2020 and given out a little devotional book. And, and I realized if you're still keeping up with your devotional book, that we are quickly moving around the journey and we are over 20% complete with our journey around the sun. And who would have thought when we launched this in January that we would be sitting here today or sitting in our homes uh, worried and wondering what is going to take place with this coronavirus. And I was doing what a lot of you were doing on Friday uh, where I was turned on the TV and was watching the news. And I turned it on, and in about uh, 21 minutes, and I remember it exactly because I knew exactly what time I turned it on, I had to turn it off because I couldn't stand listening to it anymore. Just listening to people shout and argue and worry, and it was just like I could feel the anxiety level ramping up in my spirit. And I did what probably a lot of people in the world just need to do, is just turn off the TV a little bit and let me just tune in to Jesus and listen to what he has to say in the world. Because I, I realized that this is sort of the new normal for people in the world today, where it's just listening to people scream. And I don't know what happened. I realize even as I say this, I'm sounding old and I apologize for that. But we have lost the ability to listen to one another. And we've just become a whole world of angry talking heads. And depending on which angry talking head you want to watch on TV, pick them because they're all really the same. They're all just yelling and screaming at one another and the other side. And, and I, I've just really sort of had it. And I just can't live with that kind of noise anymore. And so we need to be transformed. We need to change. We need to experience the love of God. And as we're talking about today, love listens which made me think of this question, why is it that we don't listen? What gets in the way of our ability to listen to one another? What happened to our society where the new normal is just yelling at one another? Uh, what happened to that? And, and I thought through some excuses that I know I have used throughout my life. Maybe you can grab a hold of one or two or all of these or come up with your very own and, and doing that. I don't listen uh, because I'm right. <laughs> and I'm right, darn it. I don't need to listen to you because I'm right. I know, and this is the world we live in, right? We've got our position and we got our stand and I am right. 
Y'all remember when I was a teenager and I was doing driver's ed? You remember driver's ed? For those of you who can go back and remember. I remember the guy sitting in the class and what a horrible job that must have been to try to teach a whole bunch of 15-year-old, especially teenage boys, um, learning to drive. And he kept talking about the importance of defensive driving. And, and as a teenager, we couldn't think about defensive driving. We wanted to be offensive driving is really what we wanted to do. And let's just go and can't wait for our freedom and just get out and do what we want to do. And he kept talking about defensive driving, defensive driving. And finally, he had a phrase that I still remember to this day. He said, you know what? You can know all the rules. You can follow all the rules and you can be right. But you can be dead right. If you got a green light and somebody runs a red light, doesn't matter if you were right. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that is so true. A while ago, I had uh, a lady back when I was living in a different place from here, so don't try to connect names and situations, but uh, I was a grandmother, and she came to me, and she goes, um, boy, I've got a problem. I said, so what's the problem? And she said, well, I've got a granddaughter, and she's 17, and she's pregnant. She needs to get rid of the baby. And, and instantly, that rises my blood pressure a little bit when I hear that. I could feel like words starting to well up inside of me and come out. But fortunately, God just stopped me in my tracks, and, and I just asked a few questions. I, I said, so what's the situation? And she goes, well, she's pregnant. Obviously, she's not married. And I, I'm, I'm like, well, why are you so worried uh, about her and, and, and this baby? And she goes, well, it's going to ruin her life. So what do you mean it's going to ruin her life? What do you, how, how have you jumped from a baby in a womb to ruining life? And, and, and she began just unpacking history. And I kept asking question after asking question. And finally, she got down to really what was the real issue. They had a family, long family history of women at very teenage years having children out of wedlock. And she really wanted something better for her granddaughter. I said, oh, now we're getting to the real issue. <laughs> this isn't really about her. This really is about you. And, and you wanted something. And there's nothing wrong with wanting something better for your family. But what we really need to grieve here is the loss of a dream. And so long story short, she uh, ended up having the baby, kept the baby. And that same woman came to me later. She goes, you know, thank you so much. And she used these words for listening to me. It would have been very easy to preach in that moment. I can make a really good argument that God creates life in a womb, and there's no other answer for that, that we should preserve that life. I can make that argument. I've made that argument several times. But it dawns on me, it doesn't matter if you're right, if you don't take time to listen. I'm, I'm right. There's another excuse I, I've used. I grew up in the 80s, and so I remember that Reagan era. Um, you know, I haven't had a new thought since the Reagan administration. <laughs> I haven't needed any new thoughts. It was good enough back then. It's good enough today. Well, I was watching, and maybe some of you have seen the old specials on the 80s uh, before, and you sort of forget some of the things that we lived through in the 80s back in that era. And I can remember when AIDS came out. And for those of you who can sort of track back with me on that little path, you remember the pandemonium that was going on in that age? Nobody really knew how it was transmitted and everybody was worried and everybody's looking cross-eyed at people and people distancing themselves from everybody else. I'm like, oh, things really never really change, do they? 
we live in the same kind of world that we did. And so we don't listen because I don't need a new thought. I'm happy with my old thoughts. Well, that's a dangerous position to be in. Here's another one that maybe you've said before. I'm too busy thinking about my response. I don't have time to listen to you because I'm already formulating in my mind. You've ever played this game? You're thinking before you're not even listening. As they're talking, you're just going, I can't, okay, my rebuttal, as soon as they take a breath, I'm gonna and come right back at you. And what I love, if you've ever taken any kind of debate class, they teach you one of the most important things you need to do in debate is listen. Because it's really hard to debate if you're not listening to the points the other people are making. And then you learn to quickly think through your response and pause for a moment and then go right back into it. But we live in a shouting head kind of world, so that doesn't work. There's another one that I like, this one too. No, they need to listen to me. Now, there's a temptation, uh, again, getting older, and I realize the ir irony of me preaching and saying they need to listen to me, because that looks, from your vantage point, exactly what I'm doing. They just need to listen to me. I would much prefer, by the way, listening to you and hearing what God is doing in your life. That's what I enjoy doing more than preaching. I love seeing and hearing stories of how God is transforming lives. But we live in a world, no, no, they need to listen to me. I've lived my life and I've gone through these experiences. I've got a lot of information to share. And I realize, again, I sound like an old person that, well, we need to respect our elders and listen to them because there's a lot of wisdom we need to pass on. And that is all well and true. But as I thought through these excuses... I thought, isn't it interesting that we worship a God who listens to us? And any one of those excuses, um, God, God is right. God doesn't need any new thoughts. His thoughts are perfect. <laughs> um, God isn't too busy about thinking about his response, but um, they need to listen to me. God is right. Yes, we need to be listening to God. He's absolutely right. Now, in the 90s, I spent my first part of my pastoral career in a little town, you might have heard of it, called Houston. And uh, that little town called Houston had a Christian radio station, KSBJ, and they put together this campaign, God Listens, and there were billboards plastered everywhere in the 90s with that little phrase, God Listens. And uh, my sister's in advertising, and she would say one of the things that you like to do in advertising is just get a response that's what you're trying to get with any kind of advert, positive or negative. You just want to get a response and get people talking. And there's a lot of response to that because there's a lot of followers of Jesus who are so excited about, oh yes, God, this is the radio station that God would prefer turning into on his radio dial. So he's turning out the angels of heaven and turning into 89.3 KSBJ and listening to Christian music. And there is a part of me, because I love people outside of the faith of Jesus, that I, I didn't like the message sometimes that Christians were portraying, like we're better than this. Our God listens to our music. He doesn't like anything else that's out there. And I'm thinking, I, I think God listens to all music because everybody is his child. He created every single one of us. And so God loves those people. And I think God is tuned in with all kinds of music. But the more I, I thought about God listens, it wasn't a question of does God listen? For me, it was a question of why does God listen? I mean, he doesn't need to listen to us. He's all-powerful. I mean, he could just get rid of our voice box if he wanted to. He could not allow us to speak another word if he wanted to. He's got that kind of power. God is omniscient. God knows all things. God doesn't need 
to listen, but yet he chooses to listen to. And he invites us to communicate and talk with him. Because it's God who desires a relationship. God isn't interested in just passing on information to us. God is interested in a relationship with us. And God knows that a good relationship involves listening. Love listens. This is what love does. And so why wouldn't we, if we're going to be a serious follower of Jesus? Why wouldn't we do what Jesus does? Why wouldn't we listen like God listens to us? And frankly, one of the things that we miss out on when we don't listen is we miss out on what I call Ron. And I've got a lot of friends named Ron. I like the name Ron. Ron's a good name, but it's really an acrostic. Because we miss out on several things. I think, one, we miss out on relationships. That's what we miss out on. When we don't listen to people, we miss out on relationships. And none of you would like to be in a relationship with anybody who just needs to talk all the time. The only time they're comfortable is when they're filling the air with words. And it's just they talk and talk and talk, and they're really not interested in you or what you have to say and what you're thinking. They just need to verbally communicate all of the time. That's frustrating. It's one of the things I don't like about preaching because it is just a one-way <laughs> communication kind of stream. But if that's all you do, you miss out on relationships because there's no relationship development um, if you're not listening. So you miss out on relationships. You also miss out on opportunities. Now, I'm mindful of this, and I'm sure I've missed a lot of opportunities in my life, but there was something that happened to me early in my life. I was 16 years old working as an assistant manager at Little Caesars Pizza, and we had this young girl. Some of you heard more of the story before, but the very quick version of this, and she was always the, the bubbly, happy, kind of bouncing off the wall person, and she comes in with just a frown you know, on her face and sort of a dour look on her, and with all the compassion of a 16-year-old pubescent male, I looked at her and said, what's wrong with you? Anything, to which she burst into tears and ran to the back of the store. Now, I wasn't real good, and I'm just marginally better now at picking up on emotions and clues um, from people at that. But I realized, like, wow, here's somebody, I think, who needs something. This is an opportunity. And so I went in the back, and uh, do you need to talk? And she was still bawling. And I said, hey, why don't we just sit outside for a minute? So we went outside the store, and I said, so what's going on? And through her tears, she began to share her story. Um, she too, not that this is a pregnancy talk, she was pregnant and didn't know what to do. My parents are going to kill me. And I don't know what's going on. They're, at least they're going to kick me out of the house. They never found out. And I, don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do, and my life is over. And, and at 16, the good news is I didn't have a lot of information in my brain. I didn't really know what to say in that moment. So all I could do was listen and just listen and listen and listen. And the only thing I really could think of to say is, you know, God has got a plan. Pretty sure of that. And if your parents kick you out, I'm sure my parents will be happy to take you in the home. I'll just commit my parents to that right now. I don't know what's going to happen. I didn't know what to say um, at, at that moment. But I did listen. And it's amazing the opportunities we miss when we're not listening to people. This is one of the great things um, I, I love uh, about our society today is there seems to be a movement of, of people that are saying, I, I want to know what's going on in people's lives because I don't want to miss opportunities to help and, and to serve. And sometimes it's in the midst of a crisis like we're in right now where some certainly 
horrific things are, are happening and horrible, selfish people. But there's also just a lot of great people who are willing to help and willing to serve. Which leads to our third thing uh, on Ron, uh, our needs. We miss out on needs if we're not listening for those needs. Some of you might have seen the interview Mark Cuban uh, gave, owner of the Mavericks, and, and they asked him about you know, the canceling, or not, I'm sorry, postponement of the NBA season. And so uh, what was his reaction to that? And I love what he said right off the bat. He said, you know, right away, uh, my, my heart aches for those people whose livelihood is dependent on serving as vendors and opening up the arena and cleaning the arena. And now these people are temporarily out of work, and a lot of them they can't afford to be temporarily out of work. And some of you, if you've read some of the good news uh, around as some of the NBA players have donated money for those people that make the arenas a great experience for us to come watch them play basketball and do those kind of things. I, I love that. You miss out on needs when you're not listening to people. Now, one of the things we're doing here in the midst of the corona uh, crisis as that continues to unfold before our eyes. Um, I love uh, our team of people here. We've got wonderful volunteers and wonderful people who love Jesus and want to serve. And so we've got a team of people that volunteered. If anybody is worried and fearful and they would just like to pray with somebody, not just you know, a whole group of people praying, but just one-on-one -on -one praying with people. And we had a whole bunch of volunteers volunteer. Anybody who wants to pray, I will call people. I will pray with people individually. And so if that's you today, if you're here today or you're watching online, one of the best things you can go to our website, stjohnmansfield.org, and you can click on prayer there and request, and somebody will contact you personally and pray with you. We've got people who volunteered to bring meals to people if people are ill and can't get out or fearful about getting out. Um, we've got people who are willing to, I'll take medicine, I'll pick up medicine for people, I'll pick up groceries for people, whatever people need. You can go to the website on that. Uh, we've got a wonderful Helping Hands fund that a lot of you have given to and donated for. So people going through a crisis, if you're one of those people in a situation, well, I am out of work right now temporarily, and I don't know how I'm going to make it, um, we've got resources available. And the easiest thing to do on our new revamp website, go to our website, connect with us. We want to listen, and that's what we're trying to do with the new website of just gathering information and listening to people. And I'm always mindful of uh, words that one of my first pastors shared with me. He said, don't be surprised if when you're hurting, if you don't tell anybody, don't be surprised when it looks like nobody cares. And so we care, we want to listen, and we care about the needs, and we have people that want to step into those needs and, and serve and, and be the answer to someone's prayer. And so if you know people, boy, connect them with our, our website and, and help get people connected that way. Well, if you sort of tuned out for a little bit, this would be just a good phrase. I want to have ringing in your ears a little bit and you can write this one down or just remember it. I, I've tried to live this out. I do better at sometimes than others, but it's simply this. Listen to everyone. That's a great thing to do. Everybody has something they can teach you. Man, listen to everybody so you don't miss Ron. You don't miss the relationships, the opportunities, and the needs. Listen to everyone, but don't do what everyone else is doing. Do what Jesus says. And listen to everyone, but do what Jesus says. I want to read for you, sort of as we wrap up our, our message, uh, a passage from James. Now, traditionally, uh, we're not absolutely certain um, a lot of scholars say this was written by the brother 
of Jesus. And that sort of makes sense to me as I read through James. There's more imperatives in James. Like, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. Get involved. How can, just do. And that makes sense because, um, as Andy Stanley likes to say, if your brother um, was God, what would he have to do to convince you? Man, if your brother that you grew up with um, is Jesus, as James, uh, his brother, would later in his life confess, he must be Lord. And so this book of James is full of that idea, like you've just got to follow Jesus. And listen to what he says. In chapter 1, I'll start in verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to to speak, slow to become angry. Boy, we need that today. How I wish that would be the mission statement of our world today. But because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. For anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away, immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So I think there are three quick takeaway lessons that we can learn from this if we want to be better at listening. Um, the first is to simply hear. And I've got to hear the word. We know faith comes by hearing the word of God. We've got to hear the word. This is why worship is so important. We're not canceling worship. We might be doing it in a little different way. We're going to utilize technology for the glory of God. Um, we are meeting because we think it's important. That's why we talk about small groups. Get into the Word and study it on your own. We want to hear the Word of God. But James gives us a warning just to go back. Look at verse 22 again. Don't merely listen to the Word. And so deceive yourselves. That's strong language. Don't just listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. If all you do is listen to it, you're fooling yourself. You're not really following Jesus if you're just listening to it because it doesn't stop with listening. There's another step. Well, what's that other step? Well, the next step is believing. Now, this is where, this is a very complex, I don't want to think that I'm going to unpack everything we need to know about believing, uh, because we believe that, uh, as Scripture records, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And, and faith is a gift from God. We are saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, not by ourselves, not by works, so that nobody can boast. But yet, some people hear the Word and believe and others do not. There are some people today that are living on a very shaky foundation and their faith is rattled by what's going on in the world right now with the coronavirus. And, and there are other people who are just, ah, I'm not worried a bit. I, I know, I read the end of the book, Jesus wins. I, I, I get it, I'm not worried a bit. So how is it the same people that grew up hearing the same stories and know about Jesus are on different points? And that's a great mystery. And I think Jesus begins to unravel the mystery in a story that he told uh, about uh, a farmer who sows seed. 
Some of you have heard this story before, but very quickly, there are four different kinds of seeds. Some fell among the rock, and it grows up quickly, but it doesn't have any root. So when the first trial comes, it just gets scorched and it goes away. Some fell among the thorns, and it grows up, but eventually the worries of this life and the distractions just choke off that life and that faith, and so it dies. Some fell among the path, and before it even had a chance to grow, here come some birds, and they're gobbling it up, and so they never really had a chance. They're just on, on hard soil. But then some falls on good soil, and it produces a crop of 30, 60, even 100 times what was sown. So why do some people believe, and some people don't? Why are some people living in fear, and some people just embracing this deep faith in Jesus? What kind of soil? And I can't bring myself to faith God is the one who brings every single person. Any follower of Jesus was brought to faith by the Holy Spirit. That was God's doing. But, but, but why do I believe in, and not some other people? Well, I was fortunate to grow up with some parents who got rid of some rocks and some thorns and made sure I had some good soil on which to grow. And I feel very fortunate today that I, I've got a growing relationship with Jesus. This is what God wants. He wants us to believe. But it's not just uh, a belief in, in Jesus. There's a third thing, and it's to do. This is what James was talking about. Don't just merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And frankly, this is where most followers of Jesus, including myself, fall down. We know what the right thing to do is. We know what to do. We just don't do it. And a lot of people, they love Bible study, and, and followers of Jesus sometimes are great at this. Oh, what we need is more Bible study. Oh, we need more time in the Word. I'm like, yes, I, I get that, but really, you've got enough Word in you. What you need is to go out and do the Word. That's what you need to do. Just go and, and take what you've already learned and just do something with that. Go change the world with what you already know and then come back. We'll fill you back up again and go back out. But we, we sit and we just soak up like grace potatoes. Just soak up the Word of God. Soak up the Word of God. And we never do anything with the Word of God. And James says, that's not right. You can't follow Jesus and not do what it says. Jesus said it a little differently. Take a look at Matthew chapter 7. We heard these words just a moment ago that Kelly read for us. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, does them, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Skip down to verse after this in verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, doesn't do them, is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And I tell you what a crisis does, like what we're going through right now, it just exposes what foundation we've been building on. And those that have been built on sand just sort of crumbled away. And those that are built upon the rock, they're living differently. And this is the way it should be. It should point people to Jesus. And this is the one thing I'm praying for through this whole crisis, is that people would get an opportunity to see Jesus. How are they living differently than I'm living differently? 
Love listens. We care for one another. We're not just talking heads to people. And so the best thing we can do today and every day is to go out and connect with people and listen to people. Hear their hurts and their pains and their joys and their sorrows. and Hear their questions. God listens and love listens. And so if we're following Jesus, we should listen too. The world desperately needs to hear that. Because God sent his son into the world because he so loved the world. He didn't have to do that. He chose to do that because he wanted to connect the world. He wanted a relationship with the world. And the only way to do that was to have Jesus die and to pay for our sins that we might be set free, that we might live differently, so we would be able to build on a foundation. And the beautiful news for us today is every, if you're a follower of Jesus, every day is a new beginning. So if we've built on sand and we realize, man, everything I built my life, I had my faith in the stock market, and, and that's, I had my faith in the medical profession, I had my faith in the government, and we've built upon the sand, and that's been eroded away at this point, we have a new ability today to say, no, today is a new day, and I'm going to start building on a rock because because everything else is shifting sand, and I want to build my faith and my life firmly on Jesus. And so I invite you to maybe begin to rebuild or add on to what you're building already upon Jesus so that the world would see there's a God who listens and a God who loves and a God who cares.